0: How many of you ever gone around and around in life and just got frustrated? You just kept spinning and, and uh, never quite could... Uh, I want to talk to us about that this morning. I want to talk to you about what I think is... Uh, I really believe that God's spoken to me to speak this word this morning specifically as we're moving over into what I see coming. Romans chapter 12, reading in verse 1 through about verse 5 or 6. I think they'll have it on the screen. Therefore, say, therefore... Uh, Anytime you hear someone go, therefore, they're going, because of all of that, therefore, they've made an argument. They've laid out an argument, a debate, something. They've said something before this. Uh, And so anytime you start with therefore, you almost got to know what was said before. But therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, in the light of, because of, if that's true, in view of God's mercy, To offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual, true, and actual act of worship. If you're just watching I and these folks in here jumping around and you're going, what is that? Well, if you understood the mercy of God, you'd be nuts too. I get tickled about people who don't know what to do with their bodies in worship. Someone told you that you had to be respectful. Listen, he's calling us to be bold He's calling us to offer ourselves. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Did you know this world has a pattern? It has a pattern. I mean, all you got to do is watch it. History repeats itself. Stupid comes around about every 70 years. It does, it does. I watch. If you read history, you'll watch governments. They go around about every 70 years. And regimes, empires change about every 300 years. It has a pattern. You ever been been able to step into a room and see a pattern that was spinning in a family? They just kind of cycle through that. He said, don't be conforming longer to the pattern in this world, but be transformed. Look at your neighbor and say, transformed. Stop being a worm and become the butterfly. Metamorphosis. By the renewing, say renewing, by changing your mind. Touch your neighbor and say, I've changed my mind. I don't think I want to sit back. No, No, don't do that say with me, I've changed my mind. You ever been around somebody that changed their mind? Yeah, I have been. Annie brings all this stuff home and opens it up on the counter. She orders from Amazon. I'm telling you, I'm on a first name basis with FedEx, (laughs) UPS. I mean, I know. I'm going to have to buy them Christmas presents. I mean it. I know them. We hi, how you doing, Bob? I'm doing great. House of children are great. Oh, you got a new dog? Yeah. What's his name? Charlie. I mean, I it, I'm on a first name basis, and we get all this stuff. There's boxes. You drive up my house, and there's boxes stacked. I mean, if you're the last guy to deliver at our house, I feel sorry for you. There's no room on the front porch, and and then we go in there and we open it all up, and we got this stuff, and we pull it all out, and there's that bubbles, you know, stuff, and and I walk in, I go, what's this? I said, what are you doing with this? She goes, I've changed my mind. I'm shipping it back. Have you ever changed your mind? Come on, say it out loud. I've changed my mind. That's going back. Some of you have allowed stuff to be delivered into your life, and you need to ship it back. You need to box it up and return to sender. You're not? Are you getting this? Your front porch is filled with? crap. It is. We used to do that on Halloween and light it on fire. That's what some of you ought to do. Say with me. I've changed my mind. Hey, I like what he says here. If you put it in my vernacular, don't be conformed to the social patterns of this world, but be transformed by changing your mind that you will be able to test and approve what is the perfect good the the good the pleasing and the perfect will of God for by the grace given to me I say to every one of you do not think of yourself more highly than you ought but rather think of yourself with sober say sober so do you know that when you're sober you think different you ever been around somebody drunk they don't think they don't think they're like four-year-olds what were you thinking oh no you ever been around four-year-old They do something, you walk in and go, what were you thinking? I don't know. Think soberly of judgment in accordance with the measure of faith given to you. Just as each one of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. Look at your neighbor and say, I belong to you. You belong to me. We belong together. Say, we are better together. Uh, Never mind, I I, I better get off of this. In view of his mercy, for 11 chapters, Paul has given a doctrinal treatise about his justification by faith. For 11 chapters, Paul has been writing about God's grace and about God's mercy, about his goodness and his kindness. Been writing about it. And when he gets through laying it all out, then he goes, therefore. I love doing weddings. Just love them. I love doing premarital counseling. Some of you in this room, I've done them. I'm looking over here at uh, 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 Rebecca, and I don't know where spanking went. But anyway, I'm looking around the room at the people that I've done. Did you know that marriage is hard? It's hard. I've had relationships all my life, but the ones that's the most challenging is my marriage. You know why? Because you never go away. It's just, you get up with them and you go to bed with them, you go to the bathroom with them, you go to, I mean, people ask me all the time, why do I travel? She says, go away. Marriage is hard. I love sitting with people that are getting married and I like to have them fill out this thing. I've done it, right? I mean, I I send you a book and you tell me your family background. Tell me your family history, because I don't care what your buddy tells you, you're marrying her and cousin Bill, and Aunt Myrtle, and I, I mean, you get the whole family. When you marry somebody, you get all of them, and some of them, you know, never mind. I mean, so I like to talk to them about your history and their history, because this family has turkey for Thanksgiving, and this family has something stupid for I mean, background is important, right? And I mean, you know, when you, when you married her, you loved the way she dressed and the makeup she wore. And then when you got married, it came with a bill. That dress costs money. That makeup costs money. I mean, you know, so you, you got to help people manage expectations. And so I like talking to them about expectations. Did you know women have undisclosed Well, if he really loved me, he'd know. You mean I have to tell him? Yeah, you have to tell him. Well, but I shouldn't have to. Undisclosed. Women have undisclosed. They think you should read their minds. I've tried. Men have unrealistic expectations. When we got married, I I, I thought family should be like Father knows best. I was ward, she was June. I would open the door, she'd have on pearls and high heels and supper, slippers, and no. Unrealistic. Men have unrealistic expectations. The problem with that is that if they remain unresolved, you got a problem. See, when you get married, there's different roles to play. And those roles have responsibility. I mean, I didn't know I was supposed to do the dishes. My dad never did the dishes. I didn't know I had to do the dishes. I thought she cooked and did the dishes and the laundry and swept the floor and took the dog for a walk and polished my shoes. I went to work. Let me know that. Responsibility. See, I, I find it interesting that I need to clarify roles for people. I need to clarify his role and her role. I need to Everybody has a role. Anytime your relationship changes, so do your responsibilities. Anytime the relationship changes and the responsibilities change, your roles change. See, God's role is to give you grace and mercy. Paul spends 11 chapters telling you that because of one man, sin entered the world, but because of one man's obedience, we've been set free. Paul spends 11 chapters telling us that God loves us even while we were yet sinners. God spends 11 chapters telling us that blessed is the man whose sins are not imputed to him. He didn't say blessed is the man who doesn't sin. He said blessed is the man whose sin is not charged to him. I want to look at some Christian and say, if God's not charging them, why are you charging them? See, Paul spends 11 chapters telling you not only are you free of past but even present sin. The church wants to manage behavior as though behavior is a requirement to get into heaven. If behavior was a requirement to get into the presence of God, we would have flipped this and talked about your behavior so that you could belong. But God spends 11 chapters talking about how he chose you, accepted you, died for you, rose for you, Before you ever... Eleven chapters talking about how you're justified by faith in His grace and not by works. Eleven chapters telling us we receive righteousness, we don't achieve it. Eleven chapters telling us we've received the Spirit of God whereby we cry, Abba, Father, and we are sons of God. Eleven chapters telling us how great this mercy and this grace is. And then he goes, therefore, in view of what God has done, in view of God's behavior towards you, I mean, this is wonderful. Because of who he is, and because of what he's done, now that I want to talk to you about your responsibility. See, God's responsibility is to change your heart. Your responsibility is to change your mind. God changes your heart, and you have to take responsibility for changing your mind. In view of God's grace, you renew your mind so that there can be a transformation takes place. I want to talk to you about four things that I think you have to renew. Number one, it's so interesting, do not be conformed. The Message Bible says, don't be so well adjusted to your culture. Don't do things without thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed. Have you ever just done stuff because you just wanted to fit in? You didn't want, listen, I want to say to the church, quit trying to fit in. Stand out. Stand out. Listen, I went to the, I, 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 I stood out. I had on long pants. I had on pants. Some of them Monday night didn't have on pants. I mean, honey, if it comes up to here and down to there, that ain't clothes. That's a loincloth. I mean, if it's see-through from here to there, that did not work. I, I'm serious. We're not supposed to fit in. We're supposed to stand out. We're not supposed to be so well adjusted to the patterns of this world. Listen, just because everybody's talking bad about the other side doesn't mean you need to. Just because they got that attitude doesn't mean you ought to have that attitude. You ought to walk away from gossipers. You ought to walk away from people that cause division. The Bible says mark those that cause division. There's certain people I've marked because every time you get around them, they in drama. I got enough drama. I've got enough drama just keeping me. I mean, we do so many things without thinking. I'm serious. We can be doing all the right things for all the wrong reasons. And we we can't change the culture that we're conforming to. Hear me. Just because that language is acceptable doesn't mean it's God. Just because that everybody's doing it doesn't mean you can. Just because that word just means this doesn't mean it. Find another one. We've become so well-adjusted to the world. Listen, this isn't about fitting in. This is about recognizing that there are patterns that will keep the blessings of God from manifesting in your life. That we're supposed to be transformed and not be like that, but be like And I'm not talking necessarily about your behavior. Proverbs 16, 2 says, All a man's ways seem innocent to him. I've never met somebody... Well, I better say that. All of a man's ways seem innocent to him, but his motives are weighed by God. Check your motive. Why are you doing what you're doing? Most people don't even think about what they're doing. They just automatically cuss. They just automatically fit in. They just automatically listen. Listen to me. If that song is going to talk about intercourse, my grandkids are not going to listen to it in front of me. Because we don't do that. That is not normal. That is not the kingdom of God. I love you. I love you. I love you. But if you keep listening to stuff that goes on, you hear me. Don't talk to me in the next year about how you're going to elect somebody. Because you're listening to people putting spins on things and I don't care. I don't care. I'm not listening to it. That's the world electing their own Saul. Uh-uh. I'm not playing. You need to hear me. This isn't just about how people dress. It's about how they conduct their governmental responsibilities. I don't care. I'm of a kingdom of God, not of a nation. Oh, you can't... See, that's sacrilegious. There's motives. Most motives in this world have to do with money. They have to do with how to get it, how to keep it. Check the motives. You want to be transformed? You want to be renewed? You want revival? Check the motive. Understand that motive. You have to understand that we can't go along with the pattern of this world I get tickled. I want to go. Why are you posting that? You're posting that to impress somebody that even care. You're posting that trying to get somebody to think that. No, quit it. If your motive is anything other than being a blessing, stop. I'm supposed to bring a blessing to others, not create debates. Blessings, honor, some of that stuff. Do it in private. Number two, so, so number one, check your motive. Look at your neighbor and say, check your motive. You know, you know what? It's never hard for me to stand up here and preach. I got content. Good God. I got, man, I got content. How long you want to stay? Trying to figure out what motivates me to tell you something. I want you to have revival. I want you to have the best life. So you're going to have to be transformed by checking your own motives. Number two. Verse 3, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. He didn't say don't think about yourself highly. You need to think, some of you in this room need to think higher of yourself than you are right now. He said more highly. Now, if you read the first 11 chapters, God thinks pretty high of us. If you read the first 11 chapters, you'll find out that, that, that he thinks really highly of us. He tells us we can't be separated from him. He tells us we're more than conquerors. He tells us we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. He tells us that we are sons and daughters of God, destined to inherit all that he has. He thinks pretty highly of me. So don't read this and think i got to think less of myself. No, he just says don't think more highly of yourself. You do have to understand that the opposite of arrogance is not humility, it's ignorance. I don't want to be ignorant of who I am, but I don't need to think I'm the only one in the room. I don't need to think more highly, but I ought to think highly of in other words, I ought to think about me the way he thinks about me. And I'm his beloved, I'm his chosen. I'm the one that he's given his life for. I need, am I making any sense here yet? Say it with me I am a son or a daughter of God. I, I, I'm, I'm blessed, I'm favored, His mercy do. I've got to think about myself from that perspective. I've got to understand that transformation is not going to occur until I begin to see myself the way He sees me. And He doesn't see me as a worm. He sees me soaring like an eagle. He sees me greater than that. And if you look at any other human being and you don't see the fingerprints of God, you need to look again any other human being, every human being, red, yellow, black, white, Methodist, Baptist, saved, unsaved. You need to see every human being as a child of the living God. See them as the potential manifestation. In other words, you need to renew your view of you, boo. You need to get a new identity. And I don't have time to take the time that Pete would take But you need to renew your view of you. You need to understand God's given you an identity. And your identity is based on what he has said about you, not what you've said about you. Your identity is based on that word. Listen, I look in that word not to condemn myself. I look in that word to figure out who I am. I look into that word. I hide that word in my heart. I put that word in my heart because it's a mirror of who I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be above and not below. Bless going in, blessed going out. Great supposed to be the peace of my children. I'm supposed to be able to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Listen, most people are focused on other people's behavior rather than on working about how they see themselves. You'll never change people's behavior unless you can change their mind. They have to bring their mind in line with what God has said. And part of that is seeing yourself the way God sees you. Say identity. I need to to get out of this confusion about who I am. I I, I need to see myself the way he sees me. I need to treat myself the way he treats me. Verse 4. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we are all many form one body, and each member belongs to one another. Say with me, I belong. I belong. Hear me. This is not an individual experience. This is an us thing. And some of you need to check your networks. You're networking with the wrong folk. You're hanging out with cynical judgmental you're hanging out with people that are all caught up in stuff they shouldn't be caught up with and Paul writes in first Corinthians 15 that bad company corrupts good character some of you need to renew your relationships you need to check who you're networking with because who you're networking with will cause you to reach a limit and you'll never become everything God's called you to be because you're still hanging out with a bunch listen I love all of you in this room quit going to the bar I love all of you in this room. Quit going to that chat room. I love all of you in this room. But you might have to back away from Bubba. You might have to, whoa, wait a minute. Check your relationships. Yeah, but I'm trying to witness to them. You're not changing. There may come a day you can witness to them. But at this moment, listen, I don't let my grand... I was, I was at a baseball practice. Where's Nick? I was. No, not Nick. It was the other grandson. Uh... I I took this grandson to a baseball practice. Nine. And the language coming from the coaches on the field was so atrocious, I walked out and got my grandson and left. You hear me? If you can't coach my nine-year-old grandson without using a swear word, you ain't coaching my nine-year-old grandson when I'm in the room. I love you. I think sports is cool. Go Bueller. I loved it. I had a good time. But hear me, check your networks. Those networks, will. boy, nobody's shouting. You liked it a while ago when I was talking about revival. This is funny. When I talk about God blessing you, you're happy. But when I start talking about you taking responsibility for what's going on between your ears, then you get nervous with me because I don't want any responsibility. I know, that's why revival is waned. I want revival, pastor. I do too. Grow up. As if it was my responsibility for you to change your mind. Well, that didn't go well. (laughs) I love what Paul writes when he says, Did you know that a little leaven leavens the whole, the little yeast? Do you know my grandmother, all all she had to do was put a little in there and that bread just went like this. Do you know all you got to do is hang around a little bit of soup it? Just a little bit of stupid will make you stupid. Well, I don't believe that. I know. We can see. I have the gift of snark. Renew your motivations. Are you here? I got six minutes. Renew your motivations. Renew your identity. And renew your networks number four all of that is predicated on making better decisions could you make a better decision than that listen I've decided to follow Jesus you know I almost have to repeat that decision every couple hours I trust Jesus I just trust Jesus. You know what? I just trust Jesus. I've, I've decided to lean not to my own understanding but to acknowledge him in all my ways. I've just decided to trust Jesus. He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed, anchored, fixed, focused on him because he trusts in him. Listen, decisions are what... Always create the renewing of your mind. You have to make better decisions all the time. You have to decide today and tomorrow and the next day. You have to decide to get up. If you don't get up, they're not paying you. If you don't decide to get in the car and get there, you're not getting a check. You got to get up and get there. If you don't do your job, well, I showed up. Well, honey, just because you showed up and suited up didn't mean you did anything. You got to show up and suit up, and then you got to shut up and do. (laughs) Come on, I'm telling you. you. You suit up, you show up, and you shut up and do the job, and they might give you a check at the end of the week. See, nobody likes it when I just teach pragmatic, applicable stuff. Nobody likes it. They want God to, bam, bam, I'm great. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say, make better decisions. So this is easy to remember. I got to renew my motivations, my identity, my networks, and my decisions. How many want revival? Then get your mind under control. I'm serious. You want next week to be better than this week? You want tomorrow to be better than today? You, you, you want to get out of that worm, crawl on the floor, move to that butterfly flying up here? You want to live your best life? Then stop thinking the stupid stuff you're thinking. Just stop it. Well, I can't. I'm going to prove to you you can Because I'm going to go off the rails now. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You got it? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have been given. I mean, have you ever had something but never used it? Because you were just used to using pepper. You were just used to. You just defaulted. Listen, I was hanging a door yesterday, and I go out in my garage, and I get this set of chisels that are painted red, which meant they were my dad's. He'd been dead 35 years. And I take chisels. You know how you take that little thing on a hinge, and you put it down there, and you got to chisel this out so you can put the hinge in there? You know how you you do that? I chiseled for two hours, making sure that door hung that door, walked back out in my shop, and guess what I have? I have this beautiful yellow thing called DeWalt that fits, and all you got to do is clamp it on there and go, but guess what I picked up? I picked up that boom, 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 and he's sitting there going, wow, yeah, yeah, And I got a tool. You know what some of you are doing? You're chiseling away at all this stuff in your life, and God's giving you this power tool that goes, bam." He gave you his mind. Gave it to you. You possess the mind of Christ. If Christ is in you, he brought his brain. When Christ shows up, he doesn't say, okay, I'll show up, but I left my mind with the Father. No! This isn't about you having to fix your head. This is about him giving you another one. Say with me, I got another one. It's a better one. Here's the challenge. You got the mind of Christ, and you got the mind of stupid, and you got the mind of Christ. This is the way you've always done it. This is the way you always thought. If they said this, you reacted to that. You could trigger this one. You ever heard of triggers? You can trigger this one because I've had trauma. I got bit by. <laughs> by a sick chicken and I got I got trauma and you walk up to me and you say the wrong thing and I go blah blah, blah 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 all right come on who can who can associate with me I'm not sick I've just lived a while I've had trauma my mama didn't like me my teacher didn't like me the cat didn't like me had to get my own cat to like me Thank God for Fred. (laughs) I got this thing. And then I got this gift, and it's the thoughts of God. It's the attitudes and the intents and the identity and the the network of relationships, and and I've got it. And, 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 And he shares his thoughts with me. Boom, and it comes. Oh, I'm the beloved of God, but I don't feel like it. And this thing, resist. This thing tells me, you're the beloved, you're well favored, you can do all things, you're, you're strong and courageous. And this one's going, no I'm not. Because your brain is not your mind. Your brain is a piece of flesh. And your it's like a 33 album. Anybody? No, you don't have albums. I'm old enough we had albums, 45, 78, 33s, and they take a piece of plastic and they get it real hot and then they take this needle and, goes, and you put another needle on it and it plays the song. And your head, your brain is like that. It's got grooves in it. And something happens and your needle just goes in that groove. It just hits replay and you replay all that. And so here comes the thought of God. Boom! And it hits you, but your brain, your matter, goes... Sad, but true. Sad, sick, and sorry, sitting in the soup of my own soul. And here we are. The mind of Christ is trying to penetrate this brain, and we have a choice. We have a decision. We need to be in a network of people that strengthened those thoughts. We need to have an identity of ourself that's bolstered by the word of God so that we become motivated that this thing can come in line with that thing. Listen to me, transformation takes place when you're willing to do the strong work of the battle in your own mind. When you're willing to go, I, I hear that thought, it doesn't, it's having, I'm having trouble with it registering, but I lean into it. And the Holy Spirit, this takes work. I don't get saved by work, but if, if, if I don't practice swinging that bat, I'm never going to hit that ball. If I, if, I, if I don't lift some weights, I ain't never going to have pecs. If I don't get up every day and realize, I, I, listen, I'm a victim of stuff that I ain't got time to tell you. And it hurts. I'm just trying to tell you where we're at. You can either walk around and remain that all your life, or you can take the challenge today. And in the view of His grace and mercy and strength and power and love for you, you can turn and take your responsibilities to take every thought captive, bring it into the obedience of the one who loves you, and slowly, step by step, conversation by conversation, day by day, instead of being double-minded, you'll become single-minded. And there won't be this hesitation. His thought will come. and you'll, An agreement will form. And you'll begin to agree. And he'll say something to you and you'll agree. He'll he'll whisper something and you'll agree. And change will come in your life. I'm not telling you. Listen, there's still times that old patterns creep up in my head. You ever have that happen? It just creeps up and I, I forgot it was there. I forgot it was there. But if I don't. I want revival. I want you to be your best. I'm telling you, you have to take responsibility for your motives, your identity, your networks, and your decisions. The Holy Spirit is here with the mind of Christ. You say, how am I going to do this? I love that you asked. Zachariah said, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit. The reason why I sing a little longer than some of you is because I need the power of the Holy Spirit to help me. In this war that's going on in my mind, Amen. I need Him. I need the presence of the Holy Spirit to keep me soft and tender because I know this struggle between the experiences and the traumas of life and the purposes and the plans that He has for my life. I wished all I had to do was do that once, but I have to do that nearly every day. I would say to some of you, the deeper the scar the more spirit you need. Hear me, this isn't a charismatic Pentecostal thing. This is a healing thing. He can heal your mind. He can. He wants to. You've got to accept the challenge to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I I haven't said this very often. It's 12.05. I grew up, I'm, getting, I'm writing this and some of you are going to read my book in a few months and you're going to go, oh. I grew up in a Pentecostal world and in that Pentecostal world we were told you had to speak in tongues to be spirit-filled. And a man by the name of John Wimber came along and changed the Pentecostal world when he said, no, you don't have to speak in tongues to be spirit-filled. I actually got the left foot of fellowship out of that little denomination because I started saying, no, you don't have speak in tongues to be spare filled. When I was about 15, they held me down, sat on me. Some of them said spit up. Some of them said give up. Some of them did this. And when I didn't speak in tongues, they told me that, well, someday. I'm 61 years old. Can I tell you what I've noticed? When the mind of Christ would start talking to me about me being His beloved, His cherished, His accepted, His chosen. When, when I could hear the Spirit of the Lord, did you know it sounded like tongues? It was so foreign to me. I had been so suppressed and oppressed and traumatized that when I started hearing the goodness of God, It might as well have been somebody speaking in another tongue because it was that foreign to me. Long before I ever spoke in tongues publicly, I was thinking in tongues. This mind sounded like gibberish. I love you. I care for you. I've chosen for you. I forgive you again. I'm with you. i got your hand, Quentin. You can't disappoint me. It sounded like speaking in tongues. It was foreign. It was other. Even the church I was raised in, Kent, didn't talk like that to me. They told me I had to stop doing that, and start doing this, can't do this, can't do that, can't do this. They had all these things. But, But the mind of Christ, the Spirit of God, kept revealing goodness to me. And you know what happened? My brain began to gain understanding. And I begin to begin to speak what I heard. I'm the beloved. I'm chosen. I'm forgiven. I'm his. Guess what began to happen? Transformation. Most of my thinking is done in tongues today. He'll start talking, speaking, and I have no reference for what hes I, It's bigger and it's beyond, and it's greater and it's more and it's lavish and it's, it's good. And, and can I tell you, I don't hear much of that in the religious world? This is all about relationship that's free. that's because of his never forget somebody looked at me and said Quentin we don't believe in speaking in tongues and I went well I'm not real hung up on it either the guy looked at me and said well you're doing it (laughs) I'd been praying in tongues for months before I knew I was your behavior follows your thinking quit working on people's behavior help them with their thoughts their behavior will follow their thoughts motivate them differently share a new identity with them help them find a different community of friends encourage them to make new and bolder decisions Their behavior will come. Are you getting this?